Hey y'all, the following podcast is a Georgia Cyber Center production. Thanks for tuning in. Things are about to get wild. Augusta University presents In the Wild, the podcast for all things AU. With this week's Quick Jag, here's your host, Rayshawn Riggs. In honor of Black History Month, Augusta University is celebrating the accomplishments of those who have contributed to the success of our university. Today, we honor the, and celebrate the legacy of Henrietta Lacks, an African-American woman whose cancer cells became one of the most important tools in modern medicine. Lacks, a poor tobacco farmer, changed medical research in 1951 when her cells from her cervical cancer biopsy were taken without her knowledge and reproduced. These cells, known as HeLa cells, were vital in medical breakthroughs such as the polio vaccine, cloning, gene mapping, and in vitro fertilization. Her cells are still used today, even at our institution, and we like to celebrate her and her family for allowing us to continue making medical and research advancements based off of her cells. So thank you. Jaguar is the official news source for Augusta University. From student life to the latest on our amazing faculty and staff, we've got you covered on all our campuses in Augusta and across the state. As educators in liberal arts, cyber sciences, research, and clinical expertise, there are great stories to be told every day. Check them all out at jaguar.augusta.edu. Welcome back, y'all, to In the Wild. And joining me in the studio, sort of, we have the head baseball coach, so please give a warm welcome to Mr. Chris Howell. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Thank you guys for having us. Thanks for being here. So you, well, this is our first time meeting, so I really want to get to know as much as we can while we have the time. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to AU. Yeah, uh, you know, my name's Chris Howell, and I'm from uh, Fitzgerald, Georgia. I started, started baseball when I was little and had the opportunity to play college ball at University of Tennessee. Uh, and then after that, I uh, went to the College World Series in 2005 and then had a chance to play with the, the, the Angels awesome. in professional baseball. So, uh, you know, rode some long buses, 15-hour bus rides in minor league baseball. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't take that bat, a lot of, lot of fun. And then uh, as soon as I got done playing, I jumped into the coaching and started coaching at a Middle Georgia Junior College and just kind of worked my way up. This is starting my uh, sixth year at Augusta University, and uh, we're excited to be here and excited for what's ahead. It's awesome that you kind of literally went across the country and then you came back to, to coach. I, I did. You know, baseball is something that's always been in, you know, in my life, and, and it was nice to work hard and as a player. But then when I hung the cleats up, you know, it was time to help, help other people. And, and, and what can I do to give back from, from all the experiences that I've learned over the, over the years? So uh, coaching's very rewarding on, on, that, on that side, but uh, – it's been a fun ride. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. Before we started recording, you told me that you were a Tennessee fan. Were you a fan before you were a student, or was it after you became a student that you uh, were a fan? You know, in my sophomore year in high school, I, I filled out a sheet of paper for my high school coach, and, and Tennessee was one of the top five schools that I wanted to play at. Uh, back then, I wasn't sure why. I was probably heavily influenced. <laughs> uh but it was a school that was on the radar, and it was something I just wanted to work towards and, and chase that dream and very fortunate to get the opportunity to, to go and play and have a great experience, graduate from there, and, and then uh, get a chance to keep playing. Gotcha. 
So this is which season that you've coming back as head coach? Uh, this is my fifth season. I was awesome. here as an assistant. So okay. starting my fifth season as a head coach uh, and just excited to uh, turn these guys loose and get them going. Uh, what does it feel like to, to be a head coach for a whole team? Oh, it's, it's great. You know, the guys are, uh, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was in their shoes. You know, and and so you understand their thought process. You understand kind of what they're going through. Um, last year, with the season stopping and, and the way it did, uh, just trying to work with them and talk to them and, and guide them as as much as you can through life and, and some big decisions. Um, but being a head coach is just about uh, trying to be a stepping stone and help these guys become men and make you know become a great father and a husband or, you know, whatever, a businessman. It just kind of help them, guide them through life. Gotcha. I feel you on that. Um, so talk a little bit more about how it's been coaching during a pandemic. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging like it has been for the rest of the country and the world that, you know, for the last eight, nine months. And, you know, our guys have uh, been very responsive. You know, they, they ask a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of things change weekly, monthly. Uh, that's probably been the most challenging part. Um, there's the protocols have kind of been uh, changing throughout, you know, studies and stuff like that. But it's uh, everybody's going through it, so it's it's been it's been something that's not individualized. It's been something that everybody's going through. So we we've just put our head down and, and just tried to listen and adapt and, and and continue to make changes and and hopefully get through it. Gotcha. What has been probably the most challenging part of socially distancing while like practicing and stuff well we've got 37 players oh wow so you're, you're talking about uh you know pitchers are their own group and position players kind of get in their own group so you got two groups automatically but then you got to divide up those guys in in the small groups and in the locker room and making sure that they're you know, socially distant and wearing their mask, which is something different for a lot of people. Um, n- not to mention performing and, and, and practicing with mask on and, 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 and trying to just be on top of the protocols and stay sharp with it and keep everybody healthy. And, you know, the, the biggest thing about this whole pandemic with our guys is, you know, our student athletes ha- have done a good job of, of staying healthy, you know, but they, they have a lot of concern for their parents and, you know, and, some of them went several months without seeing their parents, and that was challenging for mm-hmm. them. But, you know, it's just staying on top of it and really really dividing up and, and just being on top of, hey, spread out, guys. You know, scatter out in the dugout, talk in small circles, six feet apart, put your mask <laughs> on. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's been challenging, but we, we've got it done. We, we've done a good job. What would you say you missed the most from pre-pandemic times? Well, from a player standpoint, it's probably that locker room feel with the TVs and the music going and, and just kind of getting there right after class, maybe a couple hours for practice and just hanging out with the guys and and just enjoying it, kind of slowing life down a little bit, maybe doing some homework, uh, just the camaraderie of everybody getting together with some team dinners and, and stuff like that. That's probably been the most challenging part is is watching these guys stay away from each other. Uh, when ultimately this is a time where you come together and you and you you're, you're come together as a group and a team to go play and compete at a high level. So what have y'all been able to do to keep the morale high and the camaraderie going? Cause 
I can't imagine what it would be like. Like you said, with 37 guys, that's a lot of people to to keep positive during this time. Yeah, we spread them out, and we talk in big groups, and uh, we are, are, we've got some guys on our team that's done a great job of, of leadership. They've stepped up to the challenge and been a voice for the players, and we've been able to kind of work through those guys and, and, and just – you know, we haven't been able to do the, the Christmas parties and all the little stuff that really kind of bring everybody together. But, you know, we're excited. Friday, the opportunity to play is when everybody gets to come together and, and chase that goal and, and, and the reason they're here. You know, get an education and play baseball at Augusta. So, you know, Friday opening day is a big team gathering for us that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Yeah, I'm super excited, and y'all are playing uh, this weekend at uh, SRP, so that's super exciting. Yeah, with the new, you know, they just uh, affiliation with the Braves now, so we're we're in Braves country, so there's a lot of Braves fans out there, and you can feel it in the the Augusta area that that people are excited just to get out and go maybe go watch some baseball, and we're excited to bring baseball uh, back to Augusta and 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 get things rolling again. But what an exciting time for us! It's a beautiful ballpark. It's new. It's uh, and the Green Jackets have done our relationship with them has been phenomenal over the years because we used to play at their old stadium at Lake Olmstead, so we have uh, tremendous partnership and friendship with those guys, and we're just excited to open our season and open our series uh, versus Lander. Uh, they're about an hour away, so they'll be able to travel well, and it should be a great day. And hopefully, have some nice weather. Gotcha. What would you say we can expect from the team this season? You know, we're we've got one senior. You know, and, and every, every, every player in the NCAA got another year. Um, so, you know, that's the reason our senior class is small and everybody received that other year. So we've got a lot of sophomores and juniors. We've had some guys with some experience that's been at the college level, whether in JUCO, and we've got some returners that's played in some big games last year. So we're excited to bring back some experience, just a bunch of new faces, 17 new guys. So it is a new roster, it's a new team, and uh, we're just excited to, to turn them loose on Friday and let them go compete and just have fun and play the game with some passion and energy and just get after it with the guys. I bet they're excited because this is like the first one since all the craziness started, right? This is the first game since March. We haven't been allowed to play anybody else, so we haven't we haven't scrimmaged other teams. So we've been inter-squadding for, for a long time, and uh, and they're tired of it. You know, they're ready to play somebody else in that jersey and – uh, you know, and getting a chance to talk to some of the players. They're just ready to kind of jump on a stage and, and play for Augusta University, uh, you know, and that's what we're excited about. That's what we're ready for. So what would you say if you had to narrow it down, what you're most excited about? I'm just ready to watch them compete. Uh, we, we've worked hard. We've, you know, there's been a lot of stipulations with what we can and can't do. You know, there's been with the amount of people in the weight room with, the amount of people at practice and, you know, the gatherings. I The thing that I'm excited for and what keeps me up at night is watching this group of guys that's been relentless through this whole journey and just been passionate for the game of just competing and playing hard and, and going to win ball games and representing a great university. Just go just go play for the name on the chest. And, and that's what I'm excited about. Go play for the name on the jersey that that that's bigger than you. You know, and this whole thing's been bigger than us. But watching these individual guys deal with individual cases, and then now we get to come together on Friday, and they get to go play a game and compete and just play at a high level. I'm just ready to watch them, watch them, you know, hustle off the field. <laughs> and what a great venue to play at! Oh yeah. Oh man, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be nice weather. 
you know, it's now affiliated with the Braves. Our guys go watch the games in the summer there. And now for these guys to get an opportunity to play on the same field, what an experience. I know that's going to be super exciting for them. Um, what do you think or what do you think they would say if they had to describe you as a coach? Man, that's a tough question because it's something that you, uh, you, you take pride in. I'm honest with them. You know, um, I care about them a lot. You know, and that that's something that 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 took me into coaching was I, I just want to help people. I want to help their journey. Uh, my journey, you know, everybody's journey has some 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 challenges, some rocky roads, but it gives me an opportunity to to guide them and help them uh, when I get invitations to weddings. Oh, wow. after they're gone. You know, that means everything. That means everything. So not only during their four-year journey did you get an opportunity to impact them on the field, but now you get a, in a, get a chance to go watch them carry on their next journey in life. And that means more to me than anything. Absolutely. Having those milestone moments or being a part of those milestone moments after they, they leave the field is probably really great. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's very, it's very to sit there and, and watch them be happy and take that next step. So that's a question that, that as coaches we constantly think about because we do have to hold them accountable. We do have to challenge them uh, during certain times. And in the game of baseball that we play has many challenges. You know, it's a very mental game. So you're constantly working on the mental side and how to deal with failure. So the game of baseball really prepares you for, for, for life. It really gives you challenges of failure and anxiety and all the things that can come with playing competitive baseball. So, you know, just trying to prepare them, play at a high level. Uh, you know, we're excited about the culture here at Augusta. This institution has continued to grow throughout what we've been through. Uh, and our, our baseball program's growing, and we're excited the direction we're headed. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that these players, I hope, can say when they leave here is we were a part of a culture change. And uh, we're in the process of, you know, of making a lot of changes to our program, and, you know, these guys are locked in and ready to go. And aren't they uh, still building and doing some things at Christenberry for the team? Yes, we've, you know, we've implemented a, a, a plan to make changes to our baseball program. Uh, we're in the process of finishing phase one. Um, so phase one just allows us to uh, expand and, and do things. So it's been a long time coming. It's a place that we can call home. We're excited about you know, the small steps that we have to take to, to make changes there. Um, and just excited about the guidance and the investment that our institution has done investing in back to our program, back into our student athletes. So, uh, yeah, we're just excited about the progress. Awesome. So before I let you go, tell us where we can go online to keep up with all of the uh, sports and stats and awesome uh athleticism that y'all are right. doing. That's right. Yeah, we go to our sports page, our athletic page, was athletejags.com, and it's got our, all the 13 sports on there. Click on baseball, and it's got our schedule. It's got our stats. It'll be updated, uh, you know, updated stats with the current rosters, and uh, we're going to play a lot, get a chance to play a lot of games at SRP, and uh, we'll play our home games on Wright Spur Road, which is which is home of the Jags, which is home of all athletics. Um, so, you know, it's uh, we play forty games this year, which oh, is wow. which is ten games less than what we usually play. Uh, but we're excited to play those forty. And you know, and um, so if you're out there and want to watch some baseball, just log on, go to the website, 
track us down, email me. <laughs> I'll come, you know, whatever we got to do, get you out to the ball game and let you relax and enjoy some good baseball. And y'all are also on social media too, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, social media is the, the, the new way. So uh, we're very active on that. It's uh, During the pandemic, it was a big part of our recruiting. So, uh, you know, we weren't allowed to go watch games. So we were constantly working through social media, recruiting players to come be a part of our program. So oh, wow. that's a, uh, social media is, is something that we're very active in. All right. Well, y'all heard him. Stay tuned because we will be right back. Thank you so much, Chris, for being here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Little Guide Augusta, or the Little Red Book, as people love to call it, is the community's favorite directory for all things delicious, fun, and trendy in the Augusta area. While informing you about the coolest businesses in town, their main goal is to tell the story of local business heroes while creating a bi-local culture. You can flip through this fun little booklet to find the best and coolest places to go, restaurants, shops, service providers, and places to stay. Follow them on Instagram at LittleGuideAugusta and check out their website at LittleGuideAugusta.com to find out where to pick up your copy today. Welcome back, y'all. And joining me in the studio after a very, very, very long time, we have... uh, my friend Stacy for another round of story time with Stacy. How's it going? Good. It's nice to be back and nice to see you in person. Yes, it's been forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just jump in and tell us what kind of story you got for us this time. Well, I know you've been talking a lot about Black History Month and yep. you you know I'm not originally from Georgia. And so I'm I didn't move here until nineteen ninety seven which, it, you know, it's a long time ago now that you think of it. But <laughs> at the time, I hadn't really been to Georgia very much. And so when I moved here, I was actually a reporter at one of the local newspapers. And uh, I'd always wanted to go see Auburn Avenue and, and Ebenezer Baptist Church and the King Center. And I had never been. Uh, the closest I had lived is in Birmingham. And okay. So it wasn't too far, but I just had never gotten there. So I was like, there was the 75th uh, birthday celebration of Dr. King that year. And so I decided, cause it was like, I think 2003 to 2004, something like that. And so I decided to convince my editor, I was <laughs> like, Hey, this is a huge, you know, celebration that they're going to have at Ebenezer Baptist church. And then they were going to do tours throughout the King center. And of course of his, his childhood home. And so I was like this, if I'm going to go, <laughs> this is going to be it. And so I was really excited so I convinced him that, yeah, this is going to be a great story. And we'll, I got even a photographer to go with me who happened to later become my husband. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but anyway, and so we got up super early because I think the, the, the ceremony was going to start like around nine o'clock at Ebenezer. So we got up super early and left Augusta in the crack of the dawn. And we got there and the church was packed. I of mean, course. really <laughs> packed. Yeah. And I had talked to, um, oh, and one of the things, a huge thing that I forgot to mention, like I said, it was, there was a ceremony, but there was going to be a lot of dignitaries there. And one of the dignitaries was Coretta Scott King, oh. which I know, I mean, an idol of mine, of course. And so I was like, I've got to be there. So I talked to the, her representatives prior to going, and I told them, you know, I'm a reporter coming from Augusta, and is there any possible way I could just get maybe two, three minutes with her after the ceremony just to talk to her a little bit? And they said, well, we'll try, but, you know, of course, this is a huge busy day for her, and uh, but just make yourself known, and we'll give you a badge. And, you know, so I was like, I was super excited about it because I was yeah. like, oh, I get to maybe talk to her, you know, face-to-face in person. 
And so we get there. Like I said, it was totally packed. But we did find a seat near the back. And I noticed that there were, of course, a lot of Atlanta press there, national press there. Um, uh, Representative John Lewis was there. He was oh, speaking. Oh, wow. Yes. And so another huge Everybody idol. is there. I know. So what a first experience <laughs> going to Ebenezer Baptist Church. And so I we, we went through the whole ceremony. It was beautiful. Of course, they had all these wonderful speakers. And they had a choir there that sang a whole bunch of different songs. And... Um, Mrs. King, she, you know, spent a lot of time talking about the legacy of Ebenezer Baptist Church and not only, you know, her, her husband's legacy, but, you know, how that church really brought the community together and was, you know, a pillar of the community during the civil rights movement. And she just talked a lot about everything, you know, her experiences there, you know, uh, Dr. King's experience, even as a child and his mother, you know, being there and her father being there. And so it was a really nice ceremony. So near the end of the ceremony, <laughs> I noticed all of the national and the Atlanta press were kind of sneaking up towards the front of the stage. So I was like, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to get up there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get up there. And so I was sneaking up there, but as all things happen, I mean, she went and she spoke to a lot of children that were in the audience, which is wonderful. And she, of course, went and talked and thanked um, Representative Lewis and several of the other speakers. And then before you knew it, it was like, whoosh, like she was out the back door mm. and on her way. And so I was like, oh, no, I don't get to speak to her. But I understood. And it was a wonderful ceremony. So, you know, as she left, then I noticed a lot of the Atlanta reporters were trying to talk to Representative Lewis and there were just so many people around here. And I was like, okay, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was I just kind of walked around the church and I was talking to some of the um, longtime um, members of the church. And there was a man there named Jethro English, and he had been a member of the church for like over 70 years. And oh, wow. so he talked to me, you know, we sat down and we just kind of talked about like the funeral of Dr. King that was held there and how emotional it was and how like he used to remember um, Dr. King running up and down the aisles when he uh -huh. was a kid and stuff. And so it was really touching. And so I, as we were talking, I noticed that there was a woman sitting in the very first pew that was very quiet and she had this long kind of fur collar on and she was just sitting there and she was almost like she was praying. And so I said, okay, well, the, the church by that time was kind of clearing out. So I said, well, you know, I, I, I told my photographer, I really want to go and interview her too. She seems like she's been a member of the church for a long time. So I walked to the front of the church and she, like I said, she's just sitting there quietly. And I said, ma'am, do you mind if I just speak to you a little bit about Dr. King? And she said, no, of course, honey. And so I sat down and I said, I don't even remember exactly what I asked her, but it was something to the effect of, you know, what does Dr. King's legacy mean to you? And she turned to me and she said, well, my brother Martin was oh, one of the most wow. yeah, yeah, profound people in all the, but I want people to remember him not only as an icon, but as a real person that, you know, is, and I swear, I almost like just fell out of my seat because if I hadn't had a tape recorder there, I don't know what I would have done because I was totally in shock. And, and I said, you're, you're Christine King. And she said, yes, Christine King Ferris. <gasps> I know, I know. That's amazing. And at that point, I was just almost in tears. And she spent literally the next 20 minutes with me 
sitting in the first row pew at Ebenezer Baptist Church just talking about Martin. Uh, like growing Stacey, up. That is so cool. I know. And like to this day, I still get like emotional kind of talking about it because, you know, it's I was just so she was just so warm and she was open and she was talking and she had just written a children's book. And the children's book was called My Brother Martin. Aww. And so we were just kind of talking about how like she said she wants people to know that, you know, he used to tease people when, you know, he was a kid <laughs> and they used to like to play pranks on people. And, you know, that she wanted the children to really see him, not just as this figure, this historic figure, but something that they can look up to, but also, you know, can actually become one day some a leader like that. And so it was just really emotional. And then at the end of the of our interview, she said, well, follow me. And we walked to the back of the church and she said, do you have any kids? And I said, no, no, not yet. And she said, well, I want to give you something. And so she went and she got her book and signed it for me <gasps> and gave it to me. Yes. Uh, and she said, well, when you do, make sure you read this book to them. So I read that book to my <laughs> boys all the time and tell them about that story. Because, like I said, she couldn't have been more kind and spent more time with me. I mean, it was unbelievable and an unforgettable memory and like I said for the first time ever going to Auburn Avenue it was just amazing and that's that's all I can say about it it was just incredible that is a beautiful story <laughs> I'm trying Thank to you. contain it all together <laughs> because like you couldn't have planned you couldn't have planned that it just like worked so perfectly for you yes I know it was just really magical it really was and we have like photos from that day that my husband now has and so like it was just it was absolutely perfect and you know it 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 hurts my heart because she's getting older and I heard she was like you know not doing as well um lately and so I I swear I keep saying that I'm going to do it but now <laughs> I am going to do it because I've said it but I want to write her a letter and just tell her how much you know that day meant to me and how I still read her book to my kids I I mean I just want her to know that that did it meant the world to me for her to spend that time with me so especially with signing the book like ugh. I know, like she, I mean, she went out of her way and was just so caring and so sweet. And I just, I can't say anything, you know, it was just the most wonderful experience. So uh, that just like warmed my heart. So for everyone who's listening, like my heart is like pounding right now. Cause I'm like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Stacey has the best stories. Thank you so much for talking oh, and sharing that story with us. Anytime. Stacey. I enjoyed it very much. And you brought tears to my eyes. So <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never have to miss another one. Also, to make our hearts sing, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. But don't stop there. Share our episode and talk to us on Instagram at InTheWildPod. You can follow me too at Ricks. Until then, I'll see y'all next time and go get wild. Augusta University's Testing and Disability Services mission is to provide support and information to students regarding disabilities, issues related to disabilities, and testing accommodation for students. They can also be used for testing for online classes. They are conveniently located in Galloway Hall. Check out augusta.edu TDS to get more information on the services they provide to make sure every student has a great academic experience.